At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds with you here at Circus Sportsbook. Wes, it's good to be reunited with you. I was going to start asking questions yesterday. They separated <laughs> us up. I know you had a lovely three hours with Femi. I had a, a good time with them all, but it's good to have you back. Because I, I was like, did you... Did, you, did I do something Are you going to go all peaches and herb on me? Reunited <laughs> and it feels It does so feel good, good Wes, because we're going to talk a lot of golf today. we got drama right now down there at the Bear Trap at the Honda Classic. Rex Hoggard is going to join us, writer from the Golf Channel. Cannot wait to get Rex's thought, not only on what we're seeing right now, but what we might see, mm-hmm. and dare I say, not that long off, the Masters coming yeah. up here as we've now made that Florida swing. And we might uh, touch on one Philip Alfred Mickelson, oh, who's yeah. been very much in the news. He stays in the news these yes, days. Yes, he does. It's just not necessarily a good thing. We're going to have Mitch Lawrence on in the second hour, host of Sirius XM to talk all things NBA, and Eric Haslam going to join us in the third hour to talk all things college hoops. And let's start right there with college basketball, Wes, because before we look ahead to what's going on today and what has already transpired, what a wild night mm-hmm. last night. It just felt like it didn't matter if you had a number – in front of your name, you were going down last yeah. night, of course, highlighted by Gonzaga getting beaten down by 10 on the rollout against mm-hmm. St. Mary's. With all the upsets we saw in college basketball, which one to you was the most surprising? You know, maybe a little bit the Gonzaga one. Not that St. Mary's could be competitive, but the way they did it, because <laughs> St. Mary's is not a team. Gonzaga is a team defensively that you can beat them off the dribble, right. but you're not going to really beat them at the post because they have so much size. And St. Mary's doesn't like have what I would call an overly athletic big guy down low. But they were able to score at the rim on these guys. And Gonzaga got down at the half, never could come back. By the way, in all the games they've trailed at the half this year, they've gone on to loss. So Mm. I know, you know, oftentimes when you get one of those top teams down, betters are going to chase for the second half. Like, okay, water's going to find its level. Did not necessarily do so last night. All five AP top five teams lost yesterday. So... Really, when you have that many lose, you probably didn't have a lot of changes in the futures odds board. But one of the things that it tells you, it is now March or it's about to be March here Mm -hmm. in a couple days. And anybody can get beat in the NCAA tournament on any given night. And especially with the dynamic back this year, because it's not in the bubble. We're actually at all the regional sites across the country. And you've been to enough NCAA tournaments, Dave, as Mm -hmm. have I. What happens when you get an underdog that's kind of hanging in the game? 
crowd, unless they're a fan base of that team that's the better seed, the crowd is going to always get behind the underdog. So I think having spectators and fans back in the stands is going to change the dynamic this year. And it's easy to say, you know, we're going to get all four one seeds or all four chalks, but inevitably I think we're going to get one team in the final four that like nobody's expecting right now. You mentioned it, Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, Kentucky all go down yesterday. The first top 10 team to win, of course, would be Duke Mm -hmm. and manhandle my boys. up. Well, yeah, Syracuse uh, in that zone, uh, I guess uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Mike from Durham uh, (laughs) knows how to attack Jim from Syracuse's zone. He's only been seeing it for about 30 plus years and, Boy, watching some of that game, it didn't seem like anybody was within Rochester of the Duke shooters, especially in the first half. Duke gets an easy win in the carrier. I needed some uh, Genesee cream ales after watching that game last night. That was a rough one for Syracuse backers there. But again, I I guess the bigger question would be, and we talked about it yesterday, and and Amal did uh, right here on Betting Across America, was the safest play looked like the Zags, not necessarily to cut down the nets at plus $4 but maybe Final Four at minus 105. Right. Does that change your thought process? If Randy Bennett, and look, good coach, right? He knows how to play Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. They always traditionally seem to play them well. Is there a blueprint now out? Is it, to your point, get ahead, make them think about it at halftime? They don't come back. They've lost each time they've trailed at the half. Like, how do you get ahead and stay ahead of that team? I don't know if it's a blueprint because, really, if you look at Gonzaga's two losses before last night, they were teams that could run with them that being Duke right here in Las Vegas day after Thanksgiving. Then of course, the Alabama, these were teams that could get up and down the floor with Gonzaga. St. Mary's really was not a team that could do that. St. Mary's is a team that slows it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. They run a lot of catch and shoot type of stuff. They don't really have a dynamic guard necessarily. It's going to beat you off the dribble, beat you off the bounce and get to the rack. But that's what the surprising thing for me was Gonzaga held to 0.80 points per possession. 17 of 45 from two point. That was a uh, 37.8% only made five threes, uh, got out rebounded, had 14 turnovers. St. Mary's just somehow, some way really took them out of what they wanted to do. And you know, it's going to be kind of tough because it's St. Mary's on senior night. It was the biggest crowd of the year. And that crowd was loud last night at the Bikini pavilion in Moraga, California, but they were getting the same amount of points at home as San Francisco was on Thursday night. And, you know, Gonzaga never really, you know, just trucked San Francisco, but they kept them at bay yeah, and kept them at a safe distance. Yeah. Yeah. So San Francisco never really challenged in the second half. And then as time just went on last night, watching this game, you're like, they're not coming back. No, they're they're, they're This just is not their night. So look, I don't think that this is panic time by any stretch on Gonzaga. I still think that they're going to be, a number one seed, probably out West, maybe them or Arizona, by the way, Arizona loses last night at Colorado. So all these potential one seeds lost. And then there's Duke. And I keep making the case that I think Duke may eventually get a number one seed, even though they're in a very weak conference this year. One of the weakest we've seen out of the ACC in recent memory, but you look at Duke 25 and four, and they have some very good wins. This is a team that's beaten Kentucky. This is a team that's beaten Gonzaga you know, some solid wins, at least in the ACC. But the committee's going to look at that, not only who you beat, but who you lose to. And Duke has proven that they can beat the elite in the country. Yeah, it's a great point. I I think yesterday Duke was 10 to 1 to cut down the nets, right? Mm -hmm. And I was saying yesterday with them all that, and you and I have discussed it in previous shows as well, you know, because the theory was Gonzaga's going to be a 1, Duke's going to be a 2, and they might put them in the same bracket. I'm like, no way. They're not going to put Gonzaga and Duke in the same bracket. Now, to your point that they can make a case for a number one seed, you know, if you want to look at Duke, 
they're going to shoot up now with the with the top six teams in front of them losing right. as they get the blowout win over Q's. They're going to move way up. I, mm. I don't know how far up, but possibly on that one line. So that number is going to be cut quickly if you're a Duke backer. And look, I'm a little bit biased as a Syracuse guy. But if you did watch the talent that Duke has, it still oozes Duke. Don't think that. Yeah. Don't get it twisted that this team is not a traditionally good Duke team. They can compete with anybody in the country. And I think maybe that value might have been gone after what we saw yesterday. And Duke is like everybody else. They have a weakness. Nobody has 100% strengths here. No. Everybody has something that's attackable. One of the things you can attack Duke on is the pick and roll. Leave a lot of open shooters. You can beat them a little bit in transition. But what Duke does have, they have a lot of size. With uh, Paulo Bonchero, of course, the guy that's going to be at least a top three pick come this June in the NBA draft. Mark Williams, Wendell Moore, Trevor Keels, who is a five-star kid, A.J. Griffin. So they have depth. And then adding Theo John, the Marquette transfer, that's kind of the jack-of-all-trades, junkyard dog down low. Mm -hmm. So Duke has fine talent. What's interesting kind of watching Duke, though, is that I don't think Coach K necessarily in his last year has been doing a lot of the game planning because John Shire, the coach in waiting. It feels like jo it's almost like co-head coaches. Right. Like Kay's almost like a CEO here in his last year, and he's letting John Shire, you know, kind of coach the team, draw up some of the sets and whatnot. Now, as we get in the tournament time, this is the last time that Coach Kay's got a chance to get to a Final Four or win a national championship. Is he going to be like, you know what, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the final say. I'm going to have veto power here. So I'm going to be the one at the end that, you know, calls the play, so to speak. It's going to be interesting. I just think right now that number is going to get shorted. So if you're a Duke guy, I'm not. I mean, I am for my money, 10 to 1. I think right. it's good value. But just watching them play and watching the Zags last night, watching Kentucky fall uh, yesterday on the road at Arkansas, seeing Arizona go down, it just shows you how volatile Mm -hmm. These top teams are in the country, so there's still good value out there, maybe off the beaten path. Very quickly, we're going to have Rex Hogger join us later on this hour. There is some serious drama going on right now at the Honda Classic because, Wes, I was going to ask you about three minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Daniel Berger was four over through six, out of the lead, okay, to Shane Lowry, the big Irishman, major champion, by the way, and he had a one-shot lead. Lowry did not. I was going to ask you, how does Daniel Berger recoup mentally? Well, you just hold out yeah, from a bunker. That's a way to recoup. My goodness, on seven uh, to get back to to even level here with uh, Shane Lowry. But you know, when the normally when the train goes off the tracks in golf, it, it's hard to put him back on. Mm -hmm. Is that a, is that a round saver right there that we it, just saw? It very well Berger? could be because 90 minutes ago this man had a five shot lead, Daniel oh. Berger, and now we are going to the seventh hole. Daniel Berger, Shane Lowry tied at eight under par. Sepp Straka outright third, seven under par. Chris Kirk, my guy Adam Svensson, who's my nearest pursuer here at 125 to one. He is at six under par. So we'll get you updated on the live odds at BetMGM. Daniel Berger plus 140 as Shane Lowry cleans up for his par. Shane Lowry at $2. Sepp Straka six to one. Chris Kirk, 10 to one. Adam Svensson, 12 to one. Kurt Kitayama, 16 to one, who played his golf right here in Las Vegas at UNLV. And then it drops a little little bit down to about a hundred to one with Lee Hodges, you know, overnight. And I, I said this to you in our producer, Elliot, when I was coming in today, I, I looked at the number it was about plus two fifty. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to take the field against Daniel Berger. Yes. Cause remember Daniel Berger going to the 18th hole yesterday on Saturday had a six shot lead over the field, six shot lead. And, and he bogeyed 18. 
And this is a home game, by the way, for Daniel Berger. He has made the playoff here before. Several years ago, lost to Patrick Harrington when Patty was a long shot. Mm -hmm. But Daniel Berger, of course, uh, lives in Jupiter, Florida, about 15 minutes north of this course here in Palm Beach Gardens. So, you know, a lot of those guys, Berger, Kepka, a few others, this is kind of a home game for them. So this is one he's probably always wanted to win. This is a little bit of a downfield just because of the spot in the schedule. None of the top 10 are here. But Daniel Berger, this is one when you're a top 20 oh, player in the world and you look at the pursuers with the exception of Shane Lowry, not a lot of proven there behind you. Chris Kirk hadn't won in several years. So this is one you think you got to put away. All right, there it is. You mentioned uh, three-time major champion Patrick Harrington when he came back to beat Daniel Berger there. And again, you could take plus money right now at Berger and Lowry and probably couch a profit that way if you don't think some of those other guys right. can hop back in here and win Yeah, this but thing. this is the Honda Classic. This is the toughest non-major course Ooh. on the PGA Tour, so no surprise really that it's tightened at least a little bit. All right, Bear Trap will get you. Come on back, we'll talk some more hoops right here, Betting Across America on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. And Wes, as we look up in New York and we see the boys from the city of Brotherly Shove have made their way to the Garden, the world's mm -hmm. most famous arena, JVT. 102-100, Philadelphia with the lead right now. Eight minutes ago. In the fourth quarter. Now, if you are looking for James Harden's numbers and you say, how is he faring in day number one with Joel Embiid? 
so far, pretty darn good. 27 points, 14 assists, 8 rebounds. Joel Embiid, 29 points, only 6 rebounds. But Harden, for those who might have forgotten, and Elliot, our producer, came out and said, this, this pick and roll is going to be, I mean, you're not going to be able to stop these guys. Right. Uh, what do you make of Philly? Because Brooklyn feels like the team everybody's talking about. Yeah. Right? They beat Milwaukee last yeah. night. What do you make of this new look Philadelphia season? I don't want to buy in necessarily just now. We're not even through two games yet. However, one of the things you're seeing with Philadelphia, they're going to get to the line at will. Yes. Joel Embiid today, 17 to 21. James Harden now 10 of 10. By the way, the score is 104 to 100. Closed, I believe, seven and a half to 19 and a half here at BetMGM. So right now, live in play. Minus four and a half on the Sixers, 246 and a half on the total. So still eight minutes. So they are going to get that pre-flop total easily. But yeah, so far, so good. Uh, got the win over Minnesota. Now that was a good spot to get Minnesota because Minnesota had put in a lot the night before on Thursday night against uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. rather, or I believe Wednesday night. So it was a back-to-back for Minnesota. And, of course, you're getting a Knicks team that obviously is going nowhere fast, not likely <laughs> to make the playoffs. Maybe the best they could do is get in that 10 spot, but 25 or 35. Nevertheless, the Knicks playing hard, only down one here, eight minutes left to go. And, again, to your point of the getting the line when they want 38 free throw attempts, 33 successful for Philadelphia so far. So you expect with Embiid and with Harden, they're going to attack the rim, and they're going to get a lot of calls, and they're going to get a lot of free charity stripe looks. But right now the Knicks hanging tight. Only down one. Some games uh, in action right now in college basketball. One of note in the Big Ten, Illinois, on the road at Michigan. And right now they are up by eight, 46-38, as they just begin the second half there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, and this is uh, not a game Michigan can really afford to lose. They're, uh, I think uh, a lot of the bracketologists say they're one of the last few in. This would make you one of the last few out if you mm. can't make a comeback here. Illinois now, by the way, up 10, just getting started in the second half. Illinois in play at BetMGM, minus 6.5, half the total. I believe that this closed at BetMGM uh, before the game started. I believe it closed Pick'em, 141.5. Of course, Illinois took a tough loss on Thursday night Mm -hmm. against Ohio State. So they had a chance to kind of get back in pace with Purdue, who lost yesterday at Michigan State. By the way, Purdue has swept Illinois during the regular season. So if there's a tiebreaker, Purdue would get the advantage. However, Wisconsin did go to Rutgers yesterday, and now Wisconsin leading the Big Ten here with one week left to play. All right, Illinois now with a 10-point lead. They try to stretch things out there against the Wolverines. Okay, I watched Memphis the other day against Temple. And I was really impressed by what I saw in the second half. But you'd be more impressed if you're watching what they're doing in Wichita State today. They are shocking the Shockers. 37 to 12. Mm-hmm. 37 to 12. You know, if there's a top, a non-top 25 team that has the talent, if they get in, right. to do damage in the NCAA tournament, it would be Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Do you agree? Well, they just absolutely out-athlete uh, Wichita State here. You know, they're kind of erratic. Like, you know that they have the talent to compete with big boys, but they also, you know, young teams, sometimes they're not going to be smart. They're going to make mistakes. And, you know, immaturity on this team, I think immaturity not only on the team, but the coaching staff, there's been kind of a schism between the older guys yep. and maybe some of these young five-star guys that 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 Penny was able to bring into Memphis. But right now, 38-12 to 12 over Wichita State, about three minutes left to go. Memphis minus 25-and-a-half in the end play, 131-and-a-half on the total. By the way, the Memphis Tigers did lay 8-and-a-half 
pre-flop before this game. So no surprise that they're beating Wichita State here. But all of a sudden, Memphis trying to kind of play their way back into contention here. Yeah. Uh, the American, of course, uh, uh, Houston, by the way, did get the win and cover earlier this afternoon over SMU. But you look at Memphis, they're kind of in that that muck, Dave, of that like last four in, first four out, next four out, what have you. Because Memphis does have some good wins. Man. They beat Alabama. They beat Houston on the road by 10. They're going to get a chance at Houston right here next Sunday yeah. uh, with Houston this time coming to the FedEx Forum to play Memphis. So if you could possibly sweep that team and, you know, they beat St. Louis, who's a pretty solid team, top 60 team. So they're kind of right there. You just can't lose a game like today, which it doesn't look like they're no. going to. You can't lose on Friday at South Florida because <laughs> they've done that a couple times this year where they've lost to teams they should beat, even though they were on the road. They lost to East Carolina. They lost at Ole Miss. They lost at Georgia, who has been terrible this year in the SEC. So they've got some bad losses, but they've got some good wins. They just got to take a little bit care, better care of the basketball. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good handicap because, again, when you look at them big picture, and they're now up 39-14 over Wichita State. You see pros. They jump off the page. Penny's got pros down there with the program. And I thought early on in the year, maybe he made a lot of excuses for his guys and some of the things that they were doing. I think that's he's cleaned that up a little mm -hmm. bit, it feels like. So if they get in, because to your point, they're not in. This is not a team that you say, yeah, they're a lock uh, to make the NCAA right. tournament. But if they get in, that could be one of those chic 11s. You know, that, that, 11, could, that have the talent to knock off a team of like a six. 11, That's probably six. where I think that they would be. Right. Depending on how they close out the season, maybe they could go to a 10. But taking care of business today against a team they should beat. They beat them up there in Wichita, and they're beating them again today. And you could just tell they just out-athlete this Wichita bunch. Yeah, no question about it. By the way, keeping an eye on the Honda Classic, couple pars for Berger and Lowry. And they are now still knotted up uh, eight under par through eight holes there. So getting ready. Uh, to get close to making that turn, get to that bear trap on the second nine, and we'll update you there. Yeah, we again. talk about the bear trap, though, but five, six, and seven, Ooh. where they just went through, actually has played just as difficult, if not more so, than the bear trap, and the bear trap is what we're talking about, holes 15 through 17. The 18th is a par five, so opportunity maybe to make a birdie, but not a given birdie like some of those par fives we saw last week at Riviera. You know, I was saying it, you know, we love TPC Sawgrass and the players, and that's always a marquee crown jewel of the PGA Tour, 17 maybe the most famed hole you make the argument in the country i mean it's as good as it gets uh for tournament golf but to your point about the bear trap those three holes my goodness i think they're underrated and i think this golf course is underrated when it comes to uh pga tour stops not for the players they know mm -hmm. how good it is but maybe for the fan base maybe because it's the first one in the florida swing to really get us well, excited about and, East and Coast because golf. the course is hard it's yeah. the hardest non-major course uh in, in all of golf, really, and, and the scoring average, you could see it. I was writing that up in my PSW column this week. So uh, it looks like, by the way, Adam Svensson, who is my guy, who hit a ball in the water. Looks like he just drained a 30-footer for par what to say? really save some damage because he hit his tee shot in the water. So, you know, Adam Svensson, uh, see if he can hang in there. I believe he's still 20-1 to 1 right now at BetMGM. Uh, by the way, Daniel Berger, Shane Lowry still tied for the lead at 8-under. Berger plus 125, Lowry plus 160, Chris Kirk 8 to 1, Sepp Straka 10 to 1, Kurt Kitayama 12 to 1, Adam Svensson 20 to 1. Those guys, I believe, are all at six under, just two shots behind the leader. You, you mentioned Kitayama, and this is a guy that they keep waiting to go away, and he hasn't yet, only two back right now, tied for third. 
What, what was the number you had on Kitayama? I have Stenson. I don't have Kitayama. Oh, I, w- I wish I did. No, I wish I had the, another pony. The, the live number for Kitayama, he's not getting a whole lot of respect in the market. He they is, I, I believe, I just said, uh, let's see to if it's switched. To 12 to 1. 12 to 1. Like, to me, I, I get it that Lowry and Berger, these are the guys in, in just small plus numbers on those two favorites here. But Kitayama's not going away. I'm impressed for a guy yeah. that's kind of he's got a shaky putter there a little bit, but he's still hanging around with the whole back nine. Yeah, this is a guy that's won a couple times on the European Tour, one in Mauritius, one in Oman back in 2019. Chico, California resident, actually played his golf right here at UNLV for a couple years. Oh. So plays primarily on the uh, DP World Tour, the formerly known as European Tour. But, you know, You've seen long shots, Dave, win this event. You've seen like three and four hundred to one shots win right? this thing, like Patty Harrington, like Michael Keith, Thompson. Keith Mitchell. When I had Keith Mitchell, when he was like two hundred and twenty-five to one, when he held off Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. So don't assume that these guys are going to go away because the course is the story here. This is a very difficult course. Uh, one of the reasons why a lot of the top players didn't play this week is Kitty Ama hits a nice iron shot wow. there. One of the reasons they didn't play this week, number one. It was right after Riviera, and then it's right before Bay Hill in the Players' Championship back-to-back week. So that's a tough travel spot. But also, these guys, I don't know if they really wanted to get beat up by PGA National going into the Players' Championship in a couple weeks. All right, we'll keep abreast of what's going on in the Honda Classic, give you those changing numbers, and certainly also in college and the NBA as well. Very quickly, give me the winning number, because I thought it was going to be about 12 under. Uh Uh-uh. Is 10? Am I going to get to 10? I am going to say... Nine under is your winner. It's going to get tight, people. Hang on. Come on back. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your College Hoops Tournament betting with VEASAN's full-court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game discussed with the bookmakers making the lines to find the very best value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vcin.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on a Sunday. And we do have drama, as we mentioned, the bear trap. We're going to have uh, a lot more golf talk with Rex Hoggard coming up here from the Golf Channel in just a little bit. But uh, right now, Sepp Straka is only one back of Daniel Berger and Shane Lowry. It's seven under par, so we got a lot of guys now within a couple shots mm-hmm. of the lead. So we'll keep abreast of the situation there. Number 22, Ohio State's going to take on Maryland today. If you've really not paid a whole lot of attention to Ohio State, maybe they're the team that gets lost a little bit in the shuffle in the Big Ten. But boy, maybe they opened up some eyes with that win against Illinois in their last time out. What do you make of the Buckeyes, and what do you make of them today at Maryland? Well, you look, uh, this is their third game in about six days because they played that overtime game against Indiana on Monday night where Indiana kind of gave it away in regulation Mm. in Ohio State fortunate to win but got away from him in overtime so you're thinking okay you know maybe against Illinois EJ Liddell was battling some flu symptoms so it's like we didn't know if he was going to play he ended up playing they get the win at Illinois but now you got to turn around go on the road again to Maryland and you handled Maryland earlier in the Big Ten season but your third game in six days 
you wonder how much energy mm. this team is going to have. Now, uh, Branham, by the way, who's kind of been, even though Liddell is their main star, Branham, Malachi Branham, has really been the guy that carried him. And personal game for him because he's a D.C. area kid yeah. who apparently Maryland did not really recruit very heavily, what? if at all. So uh, letting him get out of there. So, look, you always go back to your hometown. You want to get those guys. Uh, Ohio State currently laying three and a half. I'm seeing some fours out there in the market, 141 and a half. I did not get involved in this one because I just don't know. Just the spot kind of stinks for Ohio State. Now, Maryland seemingly has played a little bit better, at least of late. Uh, we know Danny Manning's the interim coach mm -hmm. there. I don't expect that he's going to be promoted to the full-time head coach. Mark Turgeon, of course, uh, left uh, over the uh, winter and uh, went ahead and resigned. But you have seen until that Indiana game on Thursday where Indiana shot the lights out. Xavier Johnson especially won 74-64. to But Maryland had won a couple straight before that, beat Nebraska on the road, beat Penn State at home, should have beaten Purdue actually about two weeks ago today. Kind of didn't get that great of a whistle in West Lafayette. Only lost by one, 62-61 to 61 to Purdue. But this is a Minnesota team that's in the back end of the conference, 5-12 and 12 in league play, 13-15 and 15 overall. Go back to that first meeting uh, three weeks ago today. They lost by 15 at Ohio State. Look, they've got a decent backcourt with Fats Russell and Ayala. They're letting Fats, I think, handle the ball more, which I think is probably better suited for Maryland because Ayala sometimes can get a little turn over happy but I'm not really wanting to lay it here with Ohio State to be honest with you I just think that third game in four days for this team you know you're getting down to the final week of the Big Ten season uh, and you've actually got three more games too because then you got to play again Tuesday night against Nebraska now they're the worst team in the conference mm -hmm. then you got to play Michigan State again or, or for the first time rather on Thursday and then you get Michigan in the season finale next Sunday who you just beat uh, a couple weeks ago so yeah, a lot of games compressed here for Ohio State because they had that COVID pause for three weeks uh, in December to about January 1st. So not the best spot for the Buckeyes. They're the better team, but I don't really want to lay it here. You mentioned recruiting, and, and sometimes well, kids don't forget when you don't recruit to an area like the DMV, right? Mm -hmm. I'm right here in the district. You don't want me at Maryland. I think the worst non-recruit of all time still goes to Seth Greenberg when he was at Virginia Tech. Right. And he didn't recruit Steph Curry, even though Dad Del Curry, his, band, his jersey hangs in the rafters there mm -hmm. at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, said, well, he can try to walk on. He went to Davidson. How'd that turn out? Yeah, a lot of people missed on Steph Curry, Ooh. apparently. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, some guys get under-recruited. Some guys develop early, and right. some guys develop late a little bit. But usually you wouldn't think a Maryland would let a kid like Branham no. out of there. And Branham's been on one, absolutely, for the Buckeyes of late. Let's talk about uh, your team, the Indiana Hoosiers. And, again, I love following you on Twitter, especially during Indiana games. Because you, because you like uh, watching people be miserable. I just like the angst in the <laughs> tweets. I can, I can tell the angst when you're like, you know, make your free throws or you can stop turning it over. What are they going to do today against Minnesota? Because again, the Hoosiers have talent, as you well know. Yeah. Minnesota's been struggle bus a lot this year. What do you make of this matchup? Well, uh, first time around, Indiana did get them at home, and uh, you know, this is a must-win game against the bottom-tier team. Now, Minnesota hadn't been as bad as I thought they were going to be. This is a total rebuild for first year 
Raider head coach Ben Johnson up there who played at Minnesota all, uh, many years ago. But he was just trying to fill out a roster. A lot of transfers, uh, not all of them even Division One transfers, mm. uh, some Division Two guys, some walk-ons. So they returned, I believe, one scholarship player from last year's bunch because Richard Pitino, of course, was fired, and he is now at New Mexico. But what you saw in the first game with Minnesota and Indiana several weeks ago, they sold out to stop Trace Jackson Davis, who's yep. the best player for Indiana. And what you see with Minnesota, they were doubling and basically daring Indiana to make jump shots. And, and it didn't work in terms of the result because Minnesota, not very good in terms of post defense, actually the worst in the league. And they're also the second least efficient at finishing at the rim. So, you know, Ben Johnson, what I think he's going to try to do again is say, okay, can these Indiana guards who have been much maligned and for good reason, can these guys make jump shots? Now, Xavier Johnson was able to do it on Thursday against Maryland, but you know, Indiana is not a team that beats you from from the outside. Rob Finnessy, I don't expect he is going to be back today. Trey Galloway is somebody they really miss defensively. He did not play on Thursday night. He's been battling an injury. So you look, Indiana on the road this year in terms of shooting the three in Big Ten play, their best performance with 5 of 13 on the road at oh. Wisconsin. That's not great No, in, in its own right. So, you know, Minnesota, I think, is going to try to sag here, try to kind of clog the lane a little bit, let, you know, Indiana take threes. And if Indiana can beat you shooting the three, then you'll take your chance here. But obviously, this is a big game for Indiana. This is one that you can't lose. You, you escape the one. You won by 10 on Thursday against Maryland. You got to keep it going here. I think if Indiana can get to 10 and 10 in the league, which means they'd have to win today, they'd have to beat Rutgers during the week. And then if they lose to Purdue in that payback spot for the Boilermakers, then you're 10 and 10 in the Big Ten. It's the third best conference in America. I still think that that's probably enough for Indiana. Now, this is senior day with the one lone senior for Minnesota, Eric Curry, a kid that stuck with the program, that mm -hmm. didn't transfer. Everybody else either transferred or, or did something else, but he came back. So he's gone with a lot of adversity. So you got to think the Gophers are going to play hard for Eric Curry, at least on senior day, even though this is a lot of new scholarship players within the program. So this is one I might wait for an end game, or maybe I think Indiana's going to win the game. Am I really confident to lay three and a half or four? Not particularly. So this might be like a money line parlay type of deal, but uh, a big one for the Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, a big one just happened at the Honda Classic uh, for Adam Svensson. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I bring it up, because my partner here has got Svensson on a futures ticket uh, to win this tournament pre-flop. He made a bomb to save par, and then just chipped in on nine, I believe, mm -hmm. to get one off the lead. Wes, this has got to be one of those pocket plays where you went, all right, it's the longest of long shots yeah. coming into a Sunday. And now you look up going to the back nine, and you're one off the lead. What do you make of this resurgence? Yeah, he's right there, 11-2. And one of the reasons why I played him uh, this week is because he, he lives down there in the area. He's actually a local resident here in Palm Beach. Played his college golf at Barry University down in Miami. Mm. So he has experience on this course. So I thought, you know, this is a guy, and some of the ball striking stats have been okay. I thought this is a guy that can maybe hit the board here. By the way, he's the third choice at BetMGM, 11-2, plus 550. Daniel Berger and Shane Lowry share the lead. Daniel Berger, plus 150. Shane Lowry, plus 190. Sepp Straka, 7-1. Kurt Kitayama, 14-1. And then Chris Kirk, 22-1. to 
on. Absolutely fascinating what's happening right now at the Honda Classic. So, again, we're going to have uh, Rex Hager join us right after a very short break here, talk all things going on right there, and also looking ahead to Augusta National. So, again, those preflop numbers that you have, do, do you consider at this point, now that he's in play, any live live gaming for you, or are you just going to st- still keep watching to see what happens? Because this, uh, is, this is calamity right now. I'm going to hold out right now because uh, one of the things I do, not only on a outright win, I do bet partially for top five and top ten as well. So, look, I'm in very good shape yeah. at least to get that. And that's what I always recommend people do if you don't want to just go with outright wins. Find you some top five, top ten props. Kind of use them as like an each-way type of bet where you're at least making money off the deal, even if you're player doesn't win all right so right now we've got a lot of drama at the honda classic we'll get into that we'll get into augusta and yes phil mickelson as well when we come back with rex hoggard of the golf channel come on back it is Vison, the sports betting network At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet on more than just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game for over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, we'll sign up today. Make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 M- 
BetMGM Resorts nationwide. Try one-game parlay today. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bet source at credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. One-game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America here on VEASAN. It is over in New York. So far, the Project Harden Embiid, pretty darn successful. And, and, and Tobias Harris. By the way, the Sixers, big three, 89 points against the Wolves the other Ooh. night, 87 a day against the New York Knicks. Philly pulls away late, 125-109, easily covering the 7.5, goes over the total, and we're also about to get tipped off in Phoenix. Utah Jazz in the Valley of the Sun take on Phoenix. Jazz minus 2.5, 225.5. All right, Illinois right now up by 12 on Michigan, 74-62, still nine minutes to go in that one. We'll keep you updated there. We did not think we would have drama today necessarily at the Honda Classic, but that's why you watch golf on Sundays because you just don't know what you're going to get week in and week out at the PGA Tour. It is a pleasure to have Rex Hoggard from the Golf Channel join us now. Rex, I didn't think we'd start off this conversation by saying, oh, my goodness, what's happened to Daniel Berger? Standing on 18 yesterday to close out the third round, he's got a six-shot lead. He somehow bogeys that par five, sleeps on a five-shot lead, and that lead is long gone. He and Shane Lowry now tied a top at eight under par going to the back nine. Sepp Straka is just one shot back. What do you make of what's going on with Daniel Berger and how can he mentally re- regain this lead? I was shocked. I just saw on the telecast that he's the only player inside the top 25 to start the day who's over par. I was three over par and now tied. I remember I was talking with a friend of mine, a caddy, last night and he was saying, well, Daniel's going to run away with this. And I, my point, I agreed with him simply because not that I didn't think that PGA national is a difficult golf course or that it was the opportunity out there for him to have some mistakes, but more so I just didn't see anyone behind him who was going to make a run at him. Certainly Shane Lowry, a major champion has a pedigree, but he hadn't been playing great lately. I think he opened the door for a lot of these guys. And I think we see exactly how difficult PGA national can be. It can bite you really fast. Yeah, absolutely. And so far, we've seen guys, Wes, make charges, including Svensson right now. He's got a a putt for birdie here to tie the lead. Yeah, Adam Svensson is my lone guy that can win this thing. 125 to 1, just one back. Nice approach shot there at 11. And Rex, we were talking before we came on the air. You had an interesting uh, discussion about Adam Svensson, who, by the way, new guy on the bag, Tim Tucker, trying to get his second top 10 with Tim Tucker already this year. Tucker, of course, being Bryson's former guy. What did you hear about Adam Svensson? Because somebody mentioned his name to you and you're like really because you look at his record but all of a sudden here he is we were doing uh, i was at the american express a few weeks ago in palm springs and we were doing some walk and talks and just trying to get some interviews some length more lengthy interviews where you're, you kind of walk with them during a practice round you get to know the players a little bit better and my producer gave me sort of a list of players that he wanted to hit and all of them made sense it was Seamus powers and taylor gooch and all of these young players that we don't know a lot about that you knew, I know, you know, you just feel like they're going to break through at some time. And Spence's name was on there, and I was like, what, what's happening here? Like, well, why are we doing this? I, I don't understand. And he, and he just trust me, and, and we'll do it. And we ran that, actually, the, the walk and talk interview on the, on the pregame today. And he's a great guy, to your point, having Tim on the bag, who we all know was Bryson DeChambeau's longtime caddy, I think has been huge for him. Because he looks at the game a little bit differently. He makes you look at it analytically. Obviously, working with Bryson, you had to sort of understand things a little bit better probably than most caddies. And I think that's been huge for Adam. 
talking with Rex Hoggard. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Rex Hoggard GC for Golf Channel. Uh, so, Rex, as we watch this drama unfold here in the back nine today at the Honda Classic, now we've made that Florida swing with this this first tournament here. We get closer and closer to Augusta National. Do you take anything from what you've seen either on the West Coast swing, what you're going to see here in Florida, to translate that to, to Augusta here in April, or is that just an entity unto itself? No, I'll take a little bit, simply because I feel like Patrick Cantlay and John Rahm played as well as anyone on the West Coast. Neither one of them got a victory because I don't think either one of them had even a decent putting week. But if they, if either one of them would have been even putted just average for the week, and that's not gaining any strokes on the field, but not giving away any strokes, I truly believe they would have won somewhere on the West Coast. I covered four events out there, and they were in the hunt or in the conversation at all four of them. And I just think both of those players have so much confidence right now. They're coming off of a season where you could it could have gone either way. They, either one of them could have been player of the year. Patrick Cantlay caught it because he won the tour championship, but it really could have gone either way. Those guys played so well on the West Coast, I can see that carrying over, not, not only to Florida, but certainly all the way to Augusta. Rex, I want to ask you about a player. I'm seeing 20, 22 to 1 on him for Augusta here. And he's a guy that we know has the goods and has the talent and is an elite player, but just doesn't win enough. And that is Xander Shoffley. I believe the last official PGA Tour event, if memory serves me correctly, January 2019 uh, at the Century Tournament Champions, did win, of course, Olympic gold last summer in Tokyo. So that's no small feat. But what is it with Xander Shoffley? Why can't he seem to put it together for four rounds on a really big stage? There's been inconsistency throughout his career, and it is a bit surprising because he's one of those guys. If you look at the crop of good young players right now, and that goes all the way through the John Rahm and Colin Morikawa and all of these players that we're now looking at expecting big things, he he checks off all of those boxes. With the one exception being that he his bad weeks are bad. Whereas I just mentioned John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay, their bad weeks, they're still finishing top 20. They're still, you know, giving themselves, you know, somewhat of an opportunity on the weekend. And Xander doesn't do that. I think that's part of his game. He's going to have to improve. That being said, I love that number for him at Augusta because I think that's going to be a special place for him in his career. And right now we're seeing uh, the blonde bomber, Brooks Kepka at 18 to one Rex. And I do want to ask a little bit about where you think Brooksy is here uh, mentally as he prepares for Augusta national here. Is he where he wants to be? Maybe not the best week that he's having right now at the Honda classic. Do you think he still will be one of those guys that we always say eventually is destined to win at Augusta? I just think we've, we've had this conversation the last few weeks about Brooks because he hasn't gotten off to a great start to this year. And I, I just don't really care about anything he does until we get to the end of the major championship season. If we walk away from the open championship at St. Andrews and I'm on the flight home from Scotland and he hasn't at least contended or top 10 or won a major championship at that point, then I'm going to be worried at, at that point, the, the flag's going to go up and I'm going to realize that, Oh, something's going on with Brooks. This isn't the same guy because he simply doesn't have the same intensity at any other event that he brings to the major championships. And he has sort of that special ability, kind of like Tiger on some level to ratchet his game up and to rise to the occasion. Whereas others don't, we've seen it. I mean, his, the history of his career is really, really clear. So until we get to the end of this major championship season, I'm not going to panic. I still think he's a special player and he's a, he's a great person to watch in a major. Rex, one of the things about the great players is even when they go into a lull, it seems like they're never that far from winning. That being said, it's been over a calendar year since Dustin Johnson last won, and that was over in the Saudi International last year. 
anything you're seeing with his game that's just off right now with him? Because it, it never seems like he's so talented that he's that far away, but he really hasn't gone on the off on the boil here recently. And I don't think it has anything to do with his game. I think you can go back to the Masters he won. That was the November Masters because of COVID. We all know about that. I think for him, that was a mountaintop. I mean, for a kid that grows up in South Carolina, he had won majors before. He'd been number one in the world, all of those things. But this is what he grew up dreaming about. This is why he hit all those putts on a green as a kid dreaming of winning the green jacket. And I think it happened to a lot of people. That That's an epiphany. You get to the top of the mountain, you look around, and you want to relax. And I think what we have seen since that win, and really it's a year and a half now since he's won at Augusta, is him being a little complacent probably. And I think we've seen that over the course of his career. When he's had some success, there has been a drop-off because when he's motivated, he can still be number one in the world. He can still win majors. It's just a matter of, is he motivated? Rex, I only have a, a little over a minute, and I apologize for not having that much time to talk about Phil Mickelson. What do you make of what's happened with Phil and his relationship with the PGA Tour? I'm more than happy only to talk about Phil for a minute after <laughs> the week that I had. <laughs> I'm a little shocked. I think um, he's always been so savvy with the media. He always has an agenda, and he's always really, really good at sticking with it. And this seems, I don't know where he was going with this. He criticized the Saudis and the Super League. He criticized the PGA Tour and really backed himself into a corner. I guess I, I would only say in this particular case, I don't think he's been suspended. That being said, I don't think we see him for quite a while on the PGA Tour. Certainly not at Augusta, where you would imagine that's, that's the most important tournament to him. And then it'll be surreal because I can't imagine we'll even see him at the PGA. Well, he'll be the defending champion. It's absolutely bizarre what is happening with Phil Mickelson and the PGA Tour. Will the last endorser turn out the lights uh, uh, that remains with Phil? Absolutely amazing. Hey, Rex, really appreciate your time, and you do great work at Golf Channel. So uh, thanks for joining us here on a Saturday on Betting Across America. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, there he is, Rex Hoggard. Follow him on Golf Channel, uh, on Twitter, rather, at Rex Hoggard GC. Drama at the Honda. We'll update it when you come back with us. Plus, basketball galore. It is betting across America on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.